Good kings turn bad and bad kings turn good. And death by choir. Welcome to Daily Gospel, equipping you to know God through His Word and His Son, Jesus Christ. My name is Keith, and this is Brandon. We are pastors here in Santa Cruz, California at Gospel Community Church. Like, subscribe, comments, um, so that we can get the good news and the gospel out, and yeah, that people all over the world can uh, follow along with us in the Bible. Awesome. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Death by Choir, man. Death great. by Choir. My favorite. Uh, the sweet sound of ear-bleeding music. Yeah. Yes. It's a, it's a great one. Um, yeah, we're going to dig into, we're going to finish Second Chronicles. Woo! We're going to finish, yeah, we're, and then we're, we got so much good stuff ahead of us still. Well, yep. like, like we said last week, we're halfway through the Bible, the Old Testament at this point. Yep. So much good stuff ahead, though. So much good stuff. There's great stuff coming ahead. And, you know, I, I, I think it's a fair assessment to say that the, you know, the next couple of months are going to be uh, content that a lot of people haven't read in the Bible. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people get to around this point in the Bible and just kind of stop. Right. Yeah. So, which I feel like that this format, what we're doing here, is designed for that. You mm-hmm. know, not to explain every part of it, but to to help you to be, you know, to when you read and encounter these books, to go, oh, okay, I, I get what's happening here, right. and then you can start to put the pieces together on your own. So, I hope that I think that that'll be the most fruitful time. I, I felt like the most fruitful time has been the Old Testament law we did earlier, mm-hmm. because everyone thinks that that's irrelevant for them. Right. Everyone. Right. And then. Uh, the prophets, as we come upon those later, will be really profitable. Uh, <laughs> you like that? Uh, Job will be really good. People don't understand Job very well. Oh, I can't wait for Job. It's gonna be yeah. great. This is, that's gonna books. be good stuff. Absolutely. So let's. Um, we got a lot to cover today, though. We have a ton to cover. Lots of kings. Some good. Yeah, we're not gonna bad. we're not gonna cover every king because we we kind of did that in Second Kings. Yep. We're gonna actually just get our favorite stories out of Second Chronicles. Mm, the favorites. It'll be good. But they all are very, they're theologically intertwined. They give us um, some really important foundations for future stories in the Bible. So. I think it's great. And you get more nuance here than you do in Kings. And I think, you know, I was talking with someone about like, <clears throat> you know, you know, why, why do you like, you know, reading through the Bible in a year? And I was like, one of the cool things is, one, you obviously... You just learn the Bible, but it's cool when you read about these kings and then you read like genealogies and other things. You actually know who those genealogies are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's really fun to start to be able to actually connect names with actions in the Bible. And that makes even the boring, the, the parts of the Bible that seem boring, actually exciting and actually meaningful and purposeful, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's great. Like kings, Chronicles, it's like the Silmarillion for, you know, yes. Lord of the Rings nerds. Except without Balrogs. Like, have you read the Silmarillion? <laughs> If you haven't, you don't know anything, right? <laughs> and it's like, I, I, it's hard to slog through. But this is like written by God, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Who would, what's what's the Dark Lord in Silmarillion? Morgoth is his name? I, I haven't read it, dude. I, I, I've, oh, tried, you tried, haven't read it? I've tried like three times. Okay, well, we're Mor- like halfway through. He's like worse than Sauron. And yeah. so, like, who, what king would Morgoth be? Um, Manasseh? Yeah, Manasseh. Yeah. Or Ahab or, or Ahaz. Ahaz would be bad too. Those guys are pretty bad. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Let's do a review. Good story. Sound good? Okay, yeah, let's get into the book. So I've, I've mentioned a lot in the last two videos, so we won't go through all of this stuff, but just quick review. Chronicles is the last book in the Hebrew Bible. Yep. In our book, it's in our, our Bible, it's kind of fits, fits in chronologically, but Chronicles is meant to sum up the entire history of the Bible yep. from Adam to the return from exile. Mm-hmm. So it's meant to kind of look at the whole scope of the Old Testament. Very helpful. And very focused on 
the kings of the line of Judah, very focused on the temple, yep. because those two things are going to be key for uh, Jesus yep. and really for the Messiah. entire history of Israel. Yep. Those two, those two ideas of a, a king whose heart is faithful to God and a temple where people can come into worship and communion with God. Yep, super important. So we saw Priest last king. week we yep. saw Solomon bringing those two themes together, just as David started to do, and uh, Solomon is the king who builds. God's God's temple, mm-hmm. and he gives this prayer, which is like a speech where he basically is talking about the theology of the temple. Yep, and that when people pray toward this place, God forgive them, even if your people are taken out of of in exile. Really, he's saying like it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, because you're sinful. So hear yeah. and bring them back, bring, mm-hmm. restore them, bring them back. And so we saw if you're the audience of this book, the original audience, if you're a returned exile. You're understanding, here's what caused exile, and here's what's going to bring me back. And we saw with Abijah, the, the first king that we looked at last week, we saw that he is a picture of an, an evil king who actually trusts in God at one point, and God <coughs> delivers him. Right. So God actually responds to those who trust in him, even when they are bad. Yeah, you, you often see like where the kings are buried here in the second half, you know, yeah. it's like the king was not buried with his fathers, you know, but he was born, you know. And it's funny how in kings, uh, Abijah was buried, was like seemed like a bad guy, but he's actually buried with his fathers, you know? Yeah. In Second Chronicles. Interesting. Yeah, like he actually he reaps the the reward for his evil actions and his good actions. Yeah. Right? So he pays for his evil, but he also God a- acknowledges the times he trusts in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So complex character. So we're gonna jump in and we're gonna see this theme of retribution, as I just mentioned. God repays you for what you've done is super important. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see in each of these kings a picture, uh, an, an illustration really, of why exile came to the people of Israel and how they can be redeemed from it. Yeah, amen. Why God has brought them back. So we'll get, we'll get into this. We're going to focus on just six of these kings and look at them in more depth because that's what I want to do. Sweet. I'm the one who's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's look at, at Asa. Asa. So we saw a little bit about Asa and kings. In Kings, we only hear good stuff about Asa. Remember I said Abijah last week? We only hear bad stuff about him in, in Kings, mm-hmm. and then we hear some good stuff right. in, in the book. But Asa is the opposite. Uh, Asa, we only hear good stuff previous to Second Chronicles. Um, but there's some there's some more details. So look at Second Chronicles chapter four, 14. <clears throat> Asa, verse 2, chapter 14, verse 2, Asa did what was right. Good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He's a he's a good a good king. Okay, mm-hmm. we've heard that before. And in battle, he trusts in God, and God delivers him. Right. Asa cries out to the Lord his God in battle. Second Chronicles fourteen eleven. O Lord, there is none like you to help between right. the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this multitude. O Lord, who you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. And God gives him victory. Very predictable sort of stuff. So, so far so good, but we see that there's there's some sin right. here, right? So um, we a, a prophet comes to Asa in chapter 15 named Oded, and he he says, the Lord is with you while you are with him. So yeah, big, we said that before. Big point, yeah, big yeah. point in the book of Chronicles, right? If you seek him, he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. That's right. the law of retribution. Are you going to seek God and follow him it's, or not? It's been the same thing the whole Bible so far. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Um, so verse 3, yeah, it says, For a long time Israel was without the true God, 
and without a teaching priest and without law. But when in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, he was found by them. Mm-hmm. Very straightforward uh, message from the prophet. Are you going to obey God fully or not? Right. If you obey him, you get good things. If you disobey him, you get bad things. And he says at the end, verse 7, but you take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. So Asa responds by being obedient. He, he repairs the altars of the Lord. He removes idols. He does all these good things. Sacrifices. So, yeah, again, so again, all all good stuff. And he has all of, all of Judah swear an oath to serve God, to follow God. Mm-hmm. He even, in verse 16, takes his own queen mother... Um, out of out of power, mm-hmm. basically, because she had made an Asherah pole. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's very faithful. I mean, to go against your own mom, that's tough. Right. That's tough. Don't mess with mom. <laughs> that's that's something we've I, all learned at one point. I, it is always amazing how many animals are sacrificed. I It blows my mind every time. Mm-hmm. 700 oxen. I mean, that's a whole cow. It's a lot of meat. It's a lot of blood. A lot of blood. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, again, so so he was challenged by the prophet. He's obedient. This is all good. Um, but verse 17, there's a, there's a caveat. The high places were not taken out of Israel. Dang it. Nevertheless, the, the heart of Asa was true all of his days. Right. So it, it's really good. But we learn something, we learn more detail about his unfaithfulness to God toward the end of his life. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's amazing to me that, you, that God can have done so much for you in such direct ways, and yet you turn from God. But we see in chapter 16, verse 2, Asa took silver and gold, from the treasures of the house of the Lord and the king's house and sent them to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria. And he basically wants to make a, a covenant. Mm-hmm. So so we, we we see that, that he's trying to trust, in, or he's trusting in the king of Syria rather than trusting in God. Right. And then we hear about this interaction between him and Hanani, who's a prophet or a seer in the book. And Hanani challenges him and rebukes him for doing this. And, and also responds with anger. Mm-hmm. So he says, you know, Hanani says in chapter 16, verse 7, because you relied on the king of Syria and did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of, Assy- of Syria has escaped you. And he says, he says, you know, verse 8, yet because you relied on the Lord, he gave them into your hand. So when you relied on God, good things happen. When you didn't, bad things happen. Verse 9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. So he's challenging him. He's saying, you've disobeyed God, and God wants to bless. Right. God, God wants to. He's looking for people who want to be blessed and will receive his blessing mm-hmm. and be obedient to him. And also responds by imprisoning Hanani. Mm-hmm. And, and he, what ends up happening is he gets a disease from God, and he dies unrepentant of his disease. Right. He, he dies angry, right? Actually says in, in chapter 16, verse 12, <laughs> in the 39th year of his reign. I mean, it's 39 years. Right. That's, you're at the end of your reign. He right. says, also was diseased in his feet, and his disease became severe. Yet even in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, mm-hmm. but sought help from physicians. He, he's, he's too proud, at the end of his life, to even call it to God. So a man who had called out to God and seen military victory worked by the hand of God earlier in life, who had worked so hard and through so many reforms and change, at the end of his life, he ends poorly. Right. He turns from God. It's, it's crazy. I mean, we, we see it all, all the time today as well. Yeah, right? we do. We see it's, it all the time. It seems surprising. It seems illogical, but we do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. We've seen God work in our life, you know, 
at the very least, we get up and breathe every day. <laughs> yeah. We believe that God is, you know, the author of life and keeps us, sustains life. Like, yeah, we, but we always turn from him. So. Yeah. So also is seen as a net positive, at least in the book of Kings, <laughs> right? But his disobedience to God leads to his death. Yeah. It's what kills him. He dies because of a disobedient, hard heart. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, it's, again, it reminds us a lot of Israel. Reminds us a lot of ourselves too, but for this in this context, it reminds us of Israel and their unwillingness so often to come to God and to seek His face. Yeah. What's your next king? Jehoshaphat. 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 We haven't Ooh. emphasized enough how good this name is. <laughs> if you think if you're going to have a kid sometime soon, like Caleb is, Jeho. Jehoshaphat. Brandon Jr. was out, I guess, because you know it's not my kid, I guess. But Jehoshaphat, really good name, and Jehoshaphat is a good king. We saw a lot about him in in First Kings, but he makes the mistake of making a marriage alliance with Ahab. Butter. So again, we mentioned this before, but Ahab, evil king, Jezebel is his wife. So Jezebel's daughter, um, a woman who we'll later meet named Athaliah, mm-hmm. that's who Jehoshaphat brings into his household. So Jehoshaphat, right. a good king, marries a woman who will later exterminate his entire offspring. Yeah, bummer. So that was that was bad. Disobedience <laughs> to God has ramifications. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a while for them to happen. Is it normal? Seventeen verse six. It says, "Heart was courageous in the ways of the Lord." I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Courageous heart. Yeah. And we there's a lot we could talk about with Joshua, but I just want to look at a couple things. So his prayer in chapter twenty is is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, some men came and told Jehoshaphat, chapter twenty verse two, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. And behold, they are in Hatzazan Tamar, that is in Gedi. Mm-hmm. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So this is the proper response, right? He's he's turning a fearful, to turning to God, seeking God. That's that was again Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Right. If I will seek my face, so he's doing that. He's seeking God, and then we see in verse six. He says, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Mm-hmm. So he has an accurate understanding of God. And, he's, and he, he goes on in the verses following to talk about, didn't you drive these people out? Didn't you give us this land? You've given us so much, right? Mm-hmm. You've given us your house, your temple for us to worship at. And then his closing line is, I think beautiful, right? Verse 12. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Right. I love that. I love that, right? He's acknowledging things look bad right now, mm-hmm. but look at your faithfulness in the past. We're helpless, but we're going to look to you and we're going to trust in you. That's beautiful. Yeah, right? That's how we should always respond in times that are very difficult. And so imagine reading that as a returned exile and seeing that kind of faith demonstrated in this king. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to, to charge his army Right, with saying, verse 15, the battle is not ours, but God's, right? Don't be afraid. Look to God. Look to what he's going to do. And then we see verse 17. What, is this, what does this language remind you of? Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Mm, amen. I just love that. I mean, it reminds me of Exodus 14, right? Stand right. firm and see the salvation of the Lord. You don't fight. Yeah. God fights. Israel, God fights for yeah, you. Yeah, God fights for you. Yeah. So incredible faith that's demonstrated by 
Jehoshaphat. And so what he does is he he has the the uh, choir go out in front of the army. <laughs> so he puts them in a very strategically bad position, right? Choirs are not known for, for fighting. They're not known for, you know, necessarily being brawny or anything like that. So the choir's going out first with the army following, and they're singing, um, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Right? It's they're very intimidating. <laughs> yeah, they're singing. Intimidating song. And I love this because this is a picture of Jehoshaphat's faith in God. He's saying God's going to deliver us. We're going to put worship of God first, quite literally. Right. And trust that God is going to do what he's promised to do, that he'll fight for us. Right. He'll protect us. I, I just wonder why they didn't use the strategy more often in, <laughs> in battles. It would have saved a lot of lives. But it says, so essentially God sets an ambush right against their, their opponents. So a different army comes and they fight each other. So they're just sitting there with their choir singing while they're, these people are just killing each other. <laughs> I don't know if they kept singing. but um, And they just... They just walk through, and basically, everyone's dead. And so they go and collect the spoils of war. Yep. And I love the detail of it took them three days <laughs> to take all the spoil that was there. They're just going and, and taking, you know, armor and whatever, sword, shields, wealth. Yep. They're just taking stuff in order to bring back. So not only has God <clears throat> saved them from an enemy, mm-hmm. not only has he defeated their enemy so they can't hurt them again, but he's also given them incredible wealth. Mm-hmm. All by them doing nothing except for trusting in God and worshiping God. Right. You know, I, I just, I, I know, like I said on on this last Sunday, I feel like we complicate so much what mm. it means to follow God. Mm. It, it it just means to hear what He says, listen to Him, trust in His character. Right. Right. He wants you to trust Him. He wants you to lean on Him. He wants you to cry out to Him. And so often we won't do the simple things. Yeah. And even yeah, unfortunately. Um, the story doesn't end with that kind of faithfulness and that kind of dependence, right? Yeah. We get to the end of chapter 20. That's right. Yeah, at the end of chapter 20, we see he does he acts wickedly. He joins with Ahaziah, king of Israel, and he built ships to go to Tarshish. So he's doing something that's dishonoring to God. We don't know the details of it, but and it's and he a prophet comes and says in verse 37 of chapter 20, because you've joined with Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy what you have made. So he built all these ships, and it says all the ships were wrecked. And we're not able to go to Tarshish. Dang it. Yeah. So I guess you could say he made a, a shipwreck of his faith. Literally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of that one. Uh, so so anyway, so Asa and Jehoshaphat, two kings who give us a, a picture of what obedience to God looks like. Right. Right? You destroy idols. You teach God's law. You trust in God, most importantly. Right. Lean on him. And God delivers again and again. So that's the first two kings. Uzziah, we'll look at him just briefly. Uzziah is a king that we don't hear much about in uh, in the book of Kings. We hear some, some more details here. So this is all the way in chapter 26. We're skipping ahead here. But Uzziah, we see in verses 4 and 5, Uzziah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He's a, he's a good guy, and it says, as long as he sought the Lord, God, uh, so as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Right. So theme, right, again, he seeks God, God prospers him. It's right. not rocket science. And so he's trusting in God. And we see uh, we see in verse 6, right, he went out and made war against the Philistines. And uh, verse 7, God helped him against the Philistines. And in fact, verse, verse 8, his fame spread abroad. So God mm-hmm. is giving him victory because he trusts in God. He's given him fame. 
he's given him amazing success, right? Verse 15 says, his frame, his frame, his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped mm-hmm. till he was strong. So he's marvelously helped by God, right? right? God is his helper. God is alongside him. God's giving him success. But verse 16, yep. never love to hear that, but, <laughs> but when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. Mm. So what he does is he enters into the temple of God to offer um, incense. Right. So he tries to do the role of the priest, mm-hmm. something that he cannot do. Right. He tries to take over the function of worship and doesn't worship God according to God's commands. Mm-hmm. And he's opposed by the priest. The priests say, this is a, this is a bad thing, right? Yeah. This is a very bad thing. You need to stop this. And what ends up is he was struck with leprosy right. and he was a leper to the day of his death. He doesn't repent. Again, it's just amazing to me. How could someone who has been so unbelievably blessed by God turn from God? Hmm. And the answer is, well, I mean, that's that's the story of the Jewish people. Right. That's the story of a lot of us in our own that's individual true. lives yeah. too. But that's the story of the human people. Yeah. Adam, Adam and Eve. Yeah. 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 So that's Uzziah, man. Just and just <clears throat> with both Asa and Uzziah, the, the common theme there of you got to finish well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if God's given you so much and he's blessed all of us, make sure you finish well. Don't live for for decades, you know, honoring God and doing the right stuff and at the very end of your life stumble and walk away from him. Mm. We see it all the time, all the time. So let's look at a couple more kings. Ahaz. Ahaz has an interesting story that's not told in 2 Kings. Mm-hmm. So we, we know Ahaz, evil king, almost peak evil. Manasseh is really like peak evil. But God, he's evil, so we see in Chronicles that God gives him into the hand of the king of Israel, uh, Pika. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of like Pikachu, but <laughs> P- Pika. And he's taken in slavery to Samaria, the capital of the Northern Kingdom. And on the way, he meets a prophet named Oded. Right? We've, we've seen that name before. So the prophet comes to him and confronts the, the Israelites. It confronts those who have taken their own siblings, in a sense, captive, right? And so we see in chapter 28, verse 9, the prophet warns them that God is angry against them for taking their, their relatives captive. Right. So it says, it says, Behold, because the Lord, the God of your fathers, was angry with Judah, that's the southern kingdom, he gave them into your hand, but you have killed them in a rage that has reached up to heaven. And now you intend to subjugate the people of, of, of Judah. So he's saying you're trying, you're killing your brothers, and you're trying to enslave them, and and he opposes them, <laughs> and he says, verse eleven. Now hear me and send back the captives from your relatives whom you have taken, for the fierce wrath of the Lord is against you. And there, so a bunch of men stand up and they say, we can't, we can't do this, we can't sin against this. God's going to punish us, and so they end up not only sending the captives back, but sending them back with supplies and wealth and goods. Mm-hmm. They bless them, right? So. Now, again, a story where God's people have gone into exile and God brings them back with wealth. Right. It reminds us of the Exodus story, yep. but it also reminds us of the exile story, right. which are sort of two images of the same truth, which is God is bringing his people out and making them into a nation. Mm-hmm. So we've seen that pattern, and the Chronicler is trying to show us that, right? God is going to bring his people out of exile. He rescues. He still has a purpose for his people because the Davidic line sits on the throne. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's also fair to say that, yeah, just a reminder that Ahaz was hated by more things than just that, even though that's a big thing. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Burned, so, burned the suns. That was good. Yeah, you know, not <laughs> not encouraged. Not helping the line of Judah either. No, no, it's a really <laughs> bad thing. So Ahaz, even though he's desperately evil, God even rescues him from a temporary captivity in right. exile. Yep. God, that's always God's heart to to redeem His people. Mm-hmm. That's what He's always working. So we'll look at Hezekiah really quickly. Hezekiah, um, obviously, he's a big figure. We've looked at him quite a bit already, but I love. Hezekiah celebrates the Passover. So we see the Passover celebrated under yep. Hezekiah mm-hmm. and Josiah. These are big moments. And because Chronicles is so focused on proper worship, it mm-hmm. gives a lot of details about the Passover feasts. Mm-hmm. So it's a really big theme. But I just want to point out a couple of verses. Um, verse 6, the king says to the people, all people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, mm-hmm. that he may turn again to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hands of of the kings of Assyria. So looking at the exiles in the northern kingdom and saying, worship God return right. and return to him and God will bring you out of exile. Mm-hmm. So Hezekiah is instructing those people, but also through that he's instructing the exiles who've returned at the time of the writing of this book. Right? right. And then verse 9, for if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your children will find compassion with their captors and return yeah. to this land for the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. Amen. That's the that's the key. So we see this again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah, it, it blows my mind when people look at the Old Testament and just say like, oh, he's the, just the God of wrath in the Old Testament. You're clearly not reading the Old Testament. Yeah. Maybe you're just not reading it. <laughs> like, yeah. But God is filled with grace throughout the whole history of humanity, you know? Yeah. It's not just, oh, randomly Jesus comes along and there's like kindness, you know? Yep, God is exactly. kind all the time. Okay, amen, amen. <laughs> In fact, can God be kind to the most wicked of kings? Could God be kind to Manasseh? And and this is really interesting. So let's look at Manasseh, our last king we'll look at today. But Manasseh, we, we saw this in Kings, that Manasseh is a bad dude, right? Really bad. Super bad, Morgoth bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. And, you know, child sacrifice. He sacrifices like multiple sons to, to foreign gods. He's, a, he's bad. We don't hear anything good about him in, in First Second Kings. I think that's pretty easy to say, mm-hmm. right, or Second Kings. But here in Chronicles, we actually hear something good about him. It's, it's truly amazing. So Manasseh is so evil. A lot of the same things are recounted in chapter 33 of Second Chronicles as were in mm-hmm. Second Kings. He does all these terrible things. And, and so we're all not surprised by that. But then look at verses 10 and 11. So verse 10, 10 the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. Mm-hmm. Verse 11, therefore the Lord brought upon them the commanders of the army of the king of Assyria, who captured Manasseh with hooks and bound him with chains of bronze and brought him to Babylon. So he's going into exile mm-hmm. right, as the king. He's going to exile. And what's going to happen to him? Verse 12, it says, when he was in distress, he entreated the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. Mm-hmm. That is Second <laughs> Chronicles 7, 14, right? right. That's what, I mean, that's what we can talk about. That is, if my people hear my voice and they humble themselves and mm-hmm. they seek me, right? Those are all the same, the same things. God hears him. Mm-hmm. God's pleased by evil, evil Manasseh's prayer. And then it says, and he, and he responded to him and brought him back to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Right. So Manasseh understands, and he he comes to some sort of faith in God. Amazing. We didn't hear this in, in right. Second Kings. Second Kings is focused on the fact that Manasseh's evil leads to the downfall of, of Judah. Right. But here we see that even this evil king 
can receive the fruit of his ways, that God is delighted by his faith. And then in verse 15 to 17, we see that he took away the foreign gods, the idols, and all the altars built on the mountain. And he threw them outside the city, and he, he restored the altar of the Lord. So he's, he's not perfect. He's still you know, kind of bad. Verse 17, he didn't take away the high places. But what we see in this little snippet, if you're a returned exile, is even in, a wicked king can repent. Even one who was responsible for the downfall of, of Judah can repent and receive forgiveness from God. Right. And can receive uh, benefits from faith in God. There's, you're, you're never too far gone. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. It's an amazing, amazing turn of events from what we saw in Second Kings. Oh, details that we, didn't, that we didn't know. Yeah. So your success in your life, Israel, as a people, is dependent upon obedience to God. Mm-hmm. That's what it's been on. So at the end of the book, we see a few kings in a row who are disobeying God. They're taken into exile. They're kind of like partially right, right um, restored. So God is punishing disobedience again and again, and at the very end of the book, we see uh, we see. Well, sorry, let me see verses twelve. Verse twelve. First of all, uh, Zedekiah did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet. Uh, and then it says in verse thirteen, he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord, the God of Israel. You're in chapter 36, right? Yeah, sorry, chapter yeah. 36, uh-huh. yeah. So he's he's unrepentant, he's turning from God at the very end here, and it says, we have a, a really um, an incredible statement that kind of sums up a lot of the book in verses mm-hmm. 15 and 16. Yep. It says, the Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, mm-hmm. despising his words, and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people until there was no remedy. Mm. So God in his in his sovereignty turns them over to Babylon. Right. But we're very clear as to why that happened. They ignored God's word. Right. The, the kings turned from him. The priests were not worshiping properly. It's all a, a degradation of God's system. And so at the end we see there's there's a re- renewal and a hope, right? God stirs the heart of Cyrus to make this proclamation to say Whoever, he says, first of all, verse 23 says, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which Mm. is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, may the Lord his God be with him. Let him go up. Mm. And that's how the book ends. So God is doing the same thing for Israel. Even in their disobedience, God is responding to their cries to him. He's restoring them. God still has a plan for his people. Yeah, And it's going to be rebuilding the temple in, uh, in the book of Ezra, which is next. Yep. It'll be awesome. Ezra, Nehemiah, it'll be awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. Well, um, that's Second Chronicles. That's the, the, the books of uh, the Chronicles, and uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be great to continue on. How does the gospel, if we're going to hit up some general gospel connections with the book as a whole? Yeah, I, I think one big thing we're going to see quite a bit in the next few books, so I won't go into it in too, many, too much detail, but... Jesus redeems his people and he ends their exile. Right. Right. We're exiles on this earth. God has a plan to redeem us and to bring us home mm-hmm. uh, into his heavenly kingdom. So that's a big, big theme in the New Testament mm-hmm. is that we are exiles currently right. living in this world. We don't have what we need, but God is bringing us home. Right. Um, but we'll look at that more later. I, I would just say, I mean, a big theme is God is a merciful God. God delights in his people coming to him. Right. He, I mean, that, he delights in a wicked person repenting of their sins. Yeah. So wherever you're at right now, turn from that, turn to God. God is pleased with that. Yeah. And he's going to bless you spiritually in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine. Right. 
But so often we think that God is impatient or cruel. Uh, we don't we don't read our script, our Bible apparently. Yeah, as you as you said. Another thing that I, could, I would say in terms of the, of the gospel connections here is just bring together. I see a, I see a, a, a convergence of the kind of three big themes we've seen in scripture so far, which is the prophetic word, the messianic king, kingdom or kingship, and the the temple worship. Mm-hmm. All of those come together in Christ in a really amazing way, right? I mean, Jesus fulfills all of this right. from the Old Testament. He is not just a prophet; he's he's also the Word of God. Right. He speaks on behalf of God. And uh, we need to listen to him. We mm-hmm. see John 1, 1, right? In the beginning was the Word. Right. The Word was with God. The Word was God. So he is the very Word of God. He's a, a temple. He's the high priest. Right. He's the sacrifice. He fulfills all the purposes we've seen in that, mm-hmm. right? Hebrews 4, we, since we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Yeah. We have a high priest who has gone before us, and he knows our weakness, and he intercedes for us. Yeah, and we no longer need to make sacrifices or confession to the priest, but we go directly to that high priest and can have confidence, right? That's right. Come yeah. boldly. Yeah. Come boldly to the throne of grace. And, of course, he is king, not just relatively speaking, not just over a small nation for a short amount of time, but he is the eternal king over every kingdom, every nation for all time. Which is a huge thing with with First St. Kings and, and Chronicles, like the desire for a good king, right? Yeah. And that's fulfilled in Jesus. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Revelation 19, you see this picture at the end of the Word of God reigning, right? Yeah. He It says, Revelation 19, 13, he is clothed in the robe, the yeah, dipped in blood, <laughs> and the name of which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were standing with him on white horses. And then verse 16 says, on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Mm. That is who Christ is. And he will reign forever. Mm. So these are all things I think are very familiar if you're listening. But I, I just love how these all come together as we see the prophetic word, the the worship, our worship of God in the temple, and the kingship all converging in Jesus Christ, who's prophet, priest, and king. Amen. Amen to that. Well, thanks for joining us for Daily Gospel. That's all we got today. And we'll see you next week as we start some new books in the Old Testament.